Welcome to Unleash the Awesome with Dave Gambrill. All of us have unique skills, talents, and abilities that aren't being used to their full potential. Our mission is to share the people, tools, apps, and other resources that will help you unleash your awesome on the world. Yo, what's up? It's Dave. Welcome to another episode of Unleash the Awesome. Today, let's talk about maximizing mental models. Can you tell I love alliteration? Maximizing mental models. What the heck do I mean by that? You see the world. We all see the world through some mental models. And if we've never reevaluated them, then they were just given to us and programmed into us as we were raised as children through our families, through the educational system, through groups and things that we've been a part of, through religion, through politics, through all kinds of stuff. And some of them are pretty universal, and you probably have heard of a few of them. So I'll start with some basic ones, right? Fill in the blank if you know the answer. You ready? Money is the root of all... That's right, evil. Money is the root of all evil, right? Probably heard that. I'm not saying you believe that, but you probably heard that. How about this one? Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, money doesn't grow on trees. So if that's t- those two things are shaping your mental model about money then you believe that money is a scarce resource and that you take actions based on that mental model that mean you're going to try to work hard and probably save all your money and not take a lot of risk with your money. And a lot of that stuff came about through being raised by parents who are raised by parents who went through the Great Depression. And you could understand while having a traumatic thing like that happen to you in the 1920s, that that would imprint a fair amount of mental models on you around the idea that money is scarce because people just, you know, they're standing in bread lines and didn't have jobs and didn't have money. And But that kind of mental model gets passed on through different generations. And if you never revisit it, then that tends to be a mental model that sticks with you sometimes to your detriment. So that's a real basic one. I'm going to bring up two other ones that, you know, for me, this is treading in some water that I don't really like to go into, but in order to illustrate it, I think it's two really good illustrations. So you also have religious mental models. So you were brought up a certain way in a certain religion and religions think about things a certain way. And oftentimes they will specifically say in their doctrine to the exclusion of other things So they'll say, we believe this and we do this. We don't want you and we're not encouraging you. And it would be bad if you go look at other things, if you open your mind to other ideas, right? They're very closed about some of those things in some religions. And this is not specifically about one religion. I was raised in a certain religion, changed religions uh, when I got married and wouldn't consider myself following specific things very specifically. Wow, that's about as vague as I could get. But there are beliefs and things that I have in that space. But I I believe things in that space and I use a mental model in that space, but I don't let it bleed over, at least not intentionally, into other things. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about in a second. Another mental model would be politics. So if you tend to look at politics, at least here in the United States, we essentially realistically only have two political parties. So you're either part of one of those parties or you're an independent, which actually makes up like half, I think last I looked at it, right? Like 25% are one side, 25% are the other side, and then half are actually not affiliated or independent. But if you're of one of those two sides, you tend to have a mental model of the world on many things 
that are shaped through your belonging and your beliefs around those political systems. So you tend to look at things and say, well, okay, this is good or this or bad, this is bad based on how I see the world through this political mental model or through this lens. And there tends to be some religious underpinning that happens in there as well. And so that bleeds over a little bit. And so those mental models are okay for making decisions about things that are religious or political, but politics bleeds over into a lot of things. And so I think you do yourself a disservice when you only are seeing the world through one of those lenses or one of those mental models, especially something like, and let's move on to the next mental model you can think about, science. So science actually has a mental model called the scientific method, and you probably learned it in grade school. And it's a great way to understand science and to see scientific information that's gone through really good scientific and academic rigor. Oftentimes there's things like randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trials, which have really uh, low p-values, which means that, and I'm not a statistician, but I did spend 10 years selling drugs out of the back of my car for a pharmaceutical company, so I did have to get pretty deep into the science. But when you have p-values that um, show strong confidence in the data, often, again, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled, big group sizes, things like that, uh, sample sizes, then that tends to be better science. And those things are executed through the scientific method, which I'll put a link to it at the Wikipedia page in the show notes so you can reference it if you want. I'm not gonna go through all the steps of it. But that's a good mental model for looking at scientific data and scientific studies. And so where people sometimes get hung up or get confused or get bad information is you have people, namely politicians, who are sharing information on science who don't understand science or don't have people around them that understand science, but they want to share their spin on it from a political viewpoint. And so they share it and then you just accept it if that's the mental model through which you primarily see the world. And yet it doesn't even make any sense based on if you actually look at the science and you use the scientific method. And so we've seen a lot of that in the last couple of years with things going on with public health and, and things like that, where people are sharing information from certain viewpoints from certain mental models, but it didn't jive with what we were actually seeing in the data. And part of the confounding factor was, and, and still is, the scientific method and that mental model takes a little bit of time and information can change based on new information, new data you get. So a lot of that stuff is coming in real time. And so things were changing because that's how it works. And that mental model is set up so that as new good information comes in, then your hypothesis, if it's disproven, then information changes, it evolves, which is good because we're continuing to learn a lot of new stuff, right? But I want to hang on that because there's other mental models I want to talk about. So those are, you know, a few. The one I talked about scarcity, and then we have religion, and then we have politics, and then we have science, and then we have financial mental models, the way you just look at the world and think about your finances. And so there are two people that pop to mind that are kind of diametrically opposed in this space. Right? There's Dave Ramsey, who talks about things like, you know, all debt is bad, and you should not have credit cards, and you should put your credit cards in a block of ice and, and get your debt down. And then you have somebody like Robert Kiyosaki, who says debt is good, and you should find a way to leverage it, and you should use what he calls OPM, other people's money, to build businesses or set up real estate empires or whatever the case may be. Both of those guys want you to be financially successful, but the mental model or the framework through which they executed on is really different. And, and so this brings up a point about 
A mental model may serve you for a period of time in your life, a reason, a season, or maybe a lifetime, but oftentimes it's not a lifetime thing. So maybe you're in a situation where Dave Ramsey's advice is really good and it makes sense for you. You need to execute on that. You need to reduce your debt or whatever. Maybe you got yourself in a bad place. But there comes a time then if you wanted to grow a multi-unit real estate empire or something, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be a little more difficult otherwise if you don't have access to some other people's money, which would also be known as debt or loans or mortgages or things like that. And so then you probably want to be using more of Kiyosaki's mental model on those things versus Dave Ramsey. And so you have to do some of your own intellectual gymnastics around, okay, like, do I still believe this? Does this still make sense? And is this going to help me moving forward? And so you need to kind of go through that process. And then we have things that kind of cross over. So if you think about health and fitness and nutrition, right, let's talk about fitness in particular. Uh, Depending on where you're coming from, from a fitness perspective, you're going to have a different mental model on how you should exercise. So if you are from the health span longevity side of things, you're probably going to believe in the idea that, and again, based on science, right? So some of these things bleed over. And this is why I really like to lean on smart people who understand these different mental models and can move back and forth between these different things, right? People who, and people who bring other people on their podcast that understand these things. So that's why I lean on people, people in the health span, lifespan space, like Dr. Peter Atia and... Uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman and some other folks. And I'll put links to their podcasts in the show notes for you as well if you want to go check them out. But if you're in the health span, lifespan thing and you just want to live a long, healthy life, then you probably exercise differently. You probably do a lot of zone two cardio. You probably do some strength training, but you're not concerned probably with getting maximal gains and like being a bodybuilder. If you're a bodybuilder, and you're looking for those maximal gains, the way that you see the world and the way you go into a gym and you approach your exercises is much different. You're probably not going to do a whole lot of zone two cardio. You're going to be doing a lot of heavy weights and a lot of low reps and a lot of muscle hypertrophy and all that stuff. And so you're going to look at it a little different, right? So, you know, within the, and even within those mental models, the concepts are few, but the methods are many. So, in the longevity health span space, right? There's just a handful of concepts that we know work, but there's a lot of methods to get the results you're looking for. Same thing on if you're looking for massive gains and you want to be a bodybuilder, right? That we know generally what it takes for muscle building and hypertrophy, but then, and it leads to a whole nother mental model on nutrition, right? And so nutrition will bleed over into science a little bit, well, a lot bit, because we need to know, depending on what you're trying to do and the mental model through which you're exercising and health span and lifespan and all those things, that's going to inform your nutritional mental model. And then when you pick one of those, that's going to really determine how you see the world as it relates to eating and food. So if you think about that, our two examples, right, health span, lifespan, and looking for massive gains, which again, I know there's a whole bunch of variables inside just those things. And there are other things inside fitness, but just for our sake of our conversation, we'll use those too. So if you were trying to do maximal gains, bodybuilding, you're going to ingest a fair amount of protein and you're going to need to make sure you do it over a specific period of time in a feeding window. And you're going to do it 
a, you know, a specific time after you work out and you want to make sure you get all the branch chain amino acids and you probably are going to eat meat, but it's possible to do it without eating meat. And this goes back to the political mental models that you have and the scientific mental models that you have and maybe some mental models you have about the environment and whether, you know, the treatment of animals and things like that. And listen, I'm not judging either way. That's for you to decide on all this stuff. I'm not making judgments on how you show up in any of these domains or any of these mental models, but I'm, I'm sharing all these to let you know, a lot of times, if you're not doing your own mental thought about this, you're just letting one dictate how you show up in the other when that may not be serving you or may not be serving the people around you or may not be serving your business. I see this happen a lot in business. We'll talk about business ones in a second. <clears throat> so, right, we have nutrition. And then pe people decide, okay, based on that, then this these are the choices I'm going to make. But sometimes, going back to the political thing, if you decide that from a political perspective or a science perspective that meat is bad for the environment overall, then and you're trying to get massive gains and you need to consume a lot of protein, then you're gonna to have to figure out how to consume protein that is more plant-based and then how do you do that? And so that's a mental model through which you see things. Then if you get to building a business, and so I help a lot of people that are solopreneurs or really entrepreneurs who want to be solopreneurs or building a personal brand, things like that. Those are most of the people that I work with and coach and you can come check out my digital marketing mentorship Facebook group where I talk about things like that. What we get into a lot around there and some of the mental models and, and bleed over situations that I see there are people's baggage, for lack of a better term, from their other mental models, from their religion, for their politics, whatever, bleeds over into their business and they don't make very good decisions in their business based on some things because they're thinking that way. Now, I get it. There are some things in religions and politics that are like, you know, things that you're not going to bend on or values that you're going to hold true on. Again, I'm not making judgments or saying you should give up on those things or you have to decide what's right for you. But sometimes in some religious situations, going back to our scarcity conversation, money is the root of all evil, money doesn't grow on trees. And then some religions, some people believe or have these mental models around the idea that if you are in a certain religion or you're living a certain way, that you gave a vow of poverty or something and that you shouldn't make any money. And so when they're trying to grow their business, they're doing things that are not successful because they're doing things based on that other mental model that really has nothing to do specifically with their business. So when I, when I challenge that and we have conversations around it, they then have to decide, okay, this is not a good business decision, but I'm okay with that because I believe more in this and I'm going to hold true to this. And I've actually had really tough conversations with people about this you know, they say, like, I want to do this or I want to help this group. Or I want to do these things because of one of their mental models. And I'll say, well, okay, that's great. But you're also telling me, like, you want to make a bazillion dollars. And I'm here to tell you there haven't been a whole lot of people of eight and a half, whatever, seven and a half, eight billion people on the planet who have figured that one out, how to <clears throat> serve this audience and make a bazillion dollars. So you're going to have to figure out either you're going to be the first person to do it or Maybe you have to figure out a different way or to serve a different audience a different way, or maybe you have to find sponsors or whatever. There might be a way, but, right? And so some of those mental models are in conflict. So you need to do some, some homework there and dig into that. And, you know, Jerry Colonna, uh, one of the you know, best questions I've ever heard him ask is, how am I complicit 
in the outcomes that I say I do not want, right? And I may have paraphrased that, but I think that's how he said it. I said it. Right? How am I complicit? How am I responsible in the results that are happening in my life, in my situation, in my business? How am I responsible? How am I complicit in those outcomes that are not the outcomes that I'm looking for? And I take it a step further with my coaching clients and say, how is your mental model? How are your mental models, plural? How are they complicit in your current situation? Because sometimes we have to dig into that a little bit and say, well, you're trying to make a decision over here on something over there. Right? I'll give you a few more examples. And there's actually a really good book called Super Thinking, the big book of mental models by Weinberg and McCann. I'll make sure the link is in the show notes for you. That it's, you know, a couple pages on, I think there's a hundred of them in there, a hundred different mental models. So if you want to challenge yourself on some things or, or have some different ways to see the world or really what it helps you do, because I believe Lauren McCann is a statistician by background. So she's really good at looking through the data and picking through the data. And uh, along with her co-author there, they bring in a good combination. He was the CEO or the founder of uh, a SaaS service or a, an online web service software company. And so between the two of them, they present these mental models in a really interesting, compelling way. And so what I do is I just read through this. I have it on my Kindle and it's a couple pages per mental model. And I just kind of read through it and go like, hmm, I've never thought about it that way, or I've never used that lens or that mental model to look at this thing or that thing. Interesting. Maybe I'm going to run this situation through this mental model or through this lens and see if it changes, see if my beliefs change. Reed Hoffman of LinkedIn, I think, is the one that was quoted with saying, you know, strong beliefs loosely held. And again, I'm not getting into religion specifically on this one because I get it. There's strong beliefs and values and things that you're going to hold for your entire lifetime. If you believe in those certain religions, great. But in business and finance and science and other things, like, you should have strong beliefs about things, but they should be loosely held because if you're using the scientific method, maybe something new data comes out. And so based on new good information, maybe you need to change your mind. If you look at business and finance, right? There's certain things that you think going in are gonna work, but then when you start seeing the numbers, you probably need to change what you're doing based on that mental model. I'll give you one more mental model that you know serves me pretty well that I, that I use a lot. It's something for you to consider. It's called the adoption curve. Not, not going to go into the details, but I'll, I'll put a link to the wiki in, uh, in the show notes. But as I think about new ideas or new co concepts that are happening in the marketplace and certain niches or whatever, there's always early adopters. And there's always people that are banging the drum early saying, this thing's going to be awesome. This thing's going to be cool. But unfortunately, a lot of times these things are so new and so innovative and so unique that they're a little bit before their time. And like just the general population even inside a niche, I'm not talking about like all 8 billion people, but just, you know, the hundreds of thousands or millions of people who may be in a specific niche, it's just too early. They don't understand it or the science isn't quite fully baked or we just don't have the data or we don't have enough of a use case or whatever. So like the early adopters, like this thing's going to be amazing, but it's not quite there yet. And, you know, I think about with cryptocurrencies and NFTs and all that stuff going on, like there's definitely some things that are happening there in terms of smart contracts in the blockchain that are going to be long-term things that are going to fundamentally change a lot of industries. But I think there's a lot of hype around things with the early adopters and obviously with the NFTs and all that other stuff. But the underpinning information, the 
the technological advances that are happening because of Web3 and the blockchain, I think are going to change a lot of stuff, right? So, but even on that, it's still super early and I would consider myself an early adopter there, but I look at this adoption curve and I see where other people are and I see where other industries are and I see where big industries are and I see where institutional investors are starting to put their money and I go like, oh, okay, this is starting to catch on a little bit. So I am more likely personally, just based on using this mental model and how I see things to maybe lean in a little more, maybe invest a little more because I'm like, okay, the wave is coming. And this is a situation where if you're familiar with how to surf or ride waves or do body surfing or whatever, or you've just been at the beach in general, you know that there's timing of that wave. If you are behind the wave, then you miss it, right? If you're just too deep out there and the wave comes and then it kind of breaks closer to shore, you can't take advantage of it. If you're in too close to the shore, the wave breaks on your head and probably throws you around in the surf and it's not very nice. But if you time it just right, you can ride that wave to all kinds of levels of success, both in the water, on a surfboard or body surfing, but also metaphorically, you can ride that wave to financial success or investing success or whatever. And so that's a mental model, this adoption curve. You can look at things and that's how I tend to see it. And then I take my experience of working for software companies and working in some of these niches or working in the science field for over a decade. Uh, and I look at those things and I use my information and I use the mental models and then I go, hmm, interesting. This is where I'm going to hedge my bets right now. This is where I'm going to place a bigger bet. This is where I'm going to double down. This is where I'm going to pull back a little bit right? Just based on the things I see. And a lot of people will say to me in some of these niches and some of these industries, like, man, you are so good at this. Do you have a crystal ball or something? No, I do not. I just have these mental models and I use them in specific situations to go, oh, okay. So if you think about biotech, all right, so that's a good combination. That's a, a niche that talks about science, but it's a financial thing, right? So if I was going to invest in biotech, it's good that I use the scientific method or the scientific mental model to look at the product pipeline, to look at the underlying science that's going on with what they're doing. And you go, oh, okay, this looks good. This looks solid. I understand the mechanism of action inside the body. Okay. All this looks really neat. It's good science. They have good data based on the, the what I know about the scientific method and p-values and how to run a good clinical trial. Okay, that looks great. So it's my scientific mental model hat to like look at that stuff. And then I go, okay, so now that I know that, let's look at the financial side or let's look at the adoption curve or let's look at how this is already being utilized in the marketplace and will there be access? Will insurance companies pay for it? Will it be inexpensive enough for people to pay cash for? Like you have to look at those things. And so I'm looking at a different, using a different mental model because it's one thing to get all excited about the science and be like, yeah, this is really cool. This is going to be life-changing. This is going to be like an amazing thing. But again, it's easy to get too far out in front of it. And so if the the market is not ready for it, if the people are not ready for it, if you're not building up a market for this, or some of those other mental models we talked about before are too big and too grand, and they're going to make it seem like this science is not something that they're going to get on board with, and it's going to be politically charged or religiously charged, I'm not so sure necessarily I personally want to put my money there. Because I'm like, wow, the risks here, again, looking at it now through all these different mental models, that's a little bit too high risk for me. Conversely, if it all starts to line up and it looks like there's a market for it and it looks like there's going to be market access and people can pay for it or whatever, or insurance will likely cover it, then I'm like, oh, okay, we're in. But even in that one situation, I'm not using one model to look at it. I'm not just looking at it from the financial perspective. 
I'm, I'm looking at the financial stuff through a financial lens, through a financial mental model. I'm looking at the science stuff through a science lens, through a science mental model. I'm not really letting my religion or my politics get in there unless I think they're going to be a barrier to those things. And I'm not even just talking about my own religion or my own politics, but just those things in general. And then I'll look at it and be like, well, okay, this looks like a win financially, scientifically, but is this going to be hard to get through like if there's government regulation and stuff which in the u.s yes there is a lot of government regulation around science and biotech and pharma and stuff like that so it's like are they going to be able to push it through there is it just too controversial whatever right so i'm sharing all this with you today to hopefully have you just do some introspection on you know do you think about what you think about because a lot of us don't and there's still a lot of things that i just subconsciously don't think about now I feel a little more confident about how I look at some things because I know I have these mental models in place or these heuristics as they're sometimes known as, like how to quickly go through information. So because I'm studying this stuff and I'm aware of this stuff, I put some of these things in place so I can take in information much faster. That's another key here, by the way. Congratulations if you're listening 24 minutes in. Um, this this is a great way. Once you get these mental models and you kind of install them and you read this book, Super Thinking, and you get some more and you get some more use of it, you know, consciously, then subconsciously, it's a lot easier to take in all of this information that's coming at us in the world. Like people will say to me, "Man, you're how do you parse all that data and get separate the signal from the noise?" I'm like, "Well, first of all, I listen to specific things that I know are going to give me the data that I want and I need based on the last podcast episode. I'll make sure you go check. Uh, I'll put that link in the show notes for you so you can listen to it." you know, about, you know, turning down the noise a little bit and making sure that, you know, you're, you're pulling in the information that you need instead of letting everything be pushed at you, right? So one, I pull in all the information that I need or I want to make a decision. And the information that I think I need is based on these mental models, right? It's a chicken or an egg thing, but, but I know I have these mental models in place. So subconsciously now, because I've used them enough consciously, I, when I get information, I can process it pretty quickly and I can make a pretty good guess or a pretty good bet or a pretty good decision quickly on like, oh, this looks good. It happens a lot in the software space. So there's so many things happening in the marketing technology space, and that is a sweet spot for me. That's something I'm really good at, That's something that I can see, something I can predict. I tend to have what people call a crystal ball in that space around, you know, new technologies coming out. People are like, yeah, but Dave, this, you know, this app is out there and they're saying it's going to be like $100 lifetime. Should I get it? And I'm like, well, Again, let's look at some mental models. Is $100 a lot of money to you? If it's not, yeah, based on what I see there, it might make sense to lock in that one-time rate forever because as they grow, it might be great. But if it doesn't, losing 100 bucks is not a big deal. Conversely, there's people like, oh, I want to build my course or build my like foundational thing on this new piece of software. And I'm like, probably not a good idea. Like You wouldn't build your house on the beach where the tide comes in, right? It's not a very strong foundation and the water is going to erode your house. Like that doesn't make any sense. Or you wouldn't build your house on a fault line or on a earthquake prone area without taking some precautions around that, right? It's why a lot of times I'll say, make sure you build your email list. You're not just building your audience on a social media platform, because if you're on a social media platform, that's the only place your audience is. That's like building it on a volcano, that erupt at any minute or on a fault line where you're going to get a massive earthquake and it's going to create a lot of damage to your business. It might eliminate your business altogether, right? So again, like that, even that build your email list is like a mental model through which I see the world. I like, like you, you could build your audience in all these other places, but like you need to be building your own email list because you can control that conversation better. And if 
Zuckerberg decides he wants to change the rules today or whatever, you're not going to be beholden to those changes on Instagram or Facebook or remember Vine <laughs> or, you know, Twitter or whatever. Like you have more control over it. So I encourage you, the reason why I had this whole conversation today with you is to hopefully encourage you to one, look at the current mental models that you have and say, okay, am I still on board with these? Do I still believe in these? Like consciously check yourself when you're thinking about things. When you're presented with these political commercials on TV or somebody says something to you, just stop for a fraction of a second instead of responding with talking points from your side of the story or your current mental model. Just be like, okay, do I really believe that? Or if I'm going to refute it, do I believe what I'm going to refute it with, right, based on some mental models? Is this serving me? Is this still serving me? So look at some things that way. But then I would encourage you to look at super thinking or look at some other resources on mental models, understanding the scientific method, things like that, so that you can process information better, quicker, more reliably over a period of time. Because when you learn how to do all this stuff and you put these mental models in place, you will definitely be able to unleash your awesome on the world. See ya. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Awesome. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please share us on your favorite social media platforms using hashtag Unleash Awesome.